Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Well, again, I welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church here on the Modesto campus, as well as everyone who's joining us live right now on the online campus. If it is your very first time at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we want you to know we're really excited that you're here. Welcome. And if maybe your first time at Big Valley Grace was in the month of December and you decided to come back, welcome back. We're really glad to have you back. And we hope that today, thank you, my friend, we hope that today is a great encouragement to you in that no matter how you came in today, that you would leave full of God's love poured into your life. That you would experience the love that God has for you. We're in a series in the book of Proverbs. Today we'll be in Proverbs 8, so if you missed yesterday's reading, we got you covered right here in church, all right? So you can open up to Proverbs 8. Before we get into our text... I want to encourage you in the generosity that our church family experienced in the month of December. So if you take in the month of December throughout the entire ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church, so those who are bringing worship gifts to Jesus Christ on the weekends across our campuses, those who made a contribution to our Good Sam ministry or gave a, a, an extra gift in above at our Christmas Eve offering where we bless other ministries, or those who brought a gift of generosity through the ministry of our school, if you take all of it, I'm gonna give you a number. 998000 $547.98, just under $1 million in generosity to the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ in the month of December at Big Valley Grace Community Church. Isn't that something to celebrate? That is incredible. That is incredible. Now, when I share a number that's real big like that, we could get real focused on the number, but what I wanna encourage you in is that God sees the heart. God sees your heart as you bring a gift to him. Whatever the number is, he sees the condition of your heart. And if you are giving sacrificially and generously to Jesus Christ for the ministry of the gospel to expand, God sees your heart in it. And God also sees if there's an opportunity for you to join in that and to bring a gift to him. And God's gonna know your heart as you do it. And I just wanna encourage you that God is the one who sees it all as we bring gifts to him. And God is using these gifts in worship to Jesus Christ. God is using it for the gospel ministry, whether it be on the weekends across our campuses or every day, all day long, 
on our campuses throughout the week as, as the campus is full of activity with one purpose, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God is using it in big moments and God is using it in small moments, moments where it's just one person who is hearing the gospel. Or like yesterday, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with 20 people at a funeral in Turlock. God is using, when you bring a gift to him, God is using it for the gospel ministry and be encouraged. Be encouraged. This is all about Jesus. It's all about him. We want to stay focused on him. Our challenge in the month of January is simply this, that you would look at your calendar. So I got my calendar right here on my watch. Today's the ninth. You'd look at your calendar. You'd see the calendar date. Then you would open up to the book of Proverbs and you would read that chapter in the book of Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible, we wanna give you a Bible. The way we can do that on the Modesto campus is right after the gathering. There's a room here. It has a sign here, the altar room. It's a room we pray for people in. We have Bibles in there. They're free. It's our gift to you. We wanna have every person have a Bible that you might have a copy of the word of God, that you could read the word of God for yourself. So please take advantage of that. If you don't have a Bible, we wanna give you one. But that you would, together as a church family, would just simply read through the book of Proverbs. It's been very encouraging to me. I've had many people let me know that they've been reading through the book of Proverbs. But one thing in particular that is very encouraging to me is when my wife reads through her chapter for the day, she takes a verse or two verses and she sends it in a text to me. That's a great encouragement to me. For two reasons. One, I know that my wife is reading the Bible and spending time with Jesus. And two, I know my wife expects me to do the same. (laughs) And let's be an encouragement to one another as we read through the book of Proverbs. Let's share it with one another. And let's invite one another into it that we might read through the book of Proverbs together. Chapter 8 is the text we're going to be in today. So again, if you missed yesterday, we got you covered. And it's about wisdom. Wisdom is calling Wisdom is calling. Now, I receive a lot of calls. I receive a lot of calls, and I receive a lot of spam calls. And a spam is so annoying. Spam calls are so, it's just noise. And every person who calls me and it's spam, they just want something from me. They just want to take something from me. You know, there's two things I love to use my phone for. One, I love to turn my phone off. I would encourage everybody to practice turning your phone off. The power button is incredibly powerful. It's why it's called the power button. But two, I love blocking people who spam me. I get a lot of joy out of blocking people who spam me. I don't know why, but it really do. It makes me happy to do it. But when wisdom's calling, as we read in chapter eight here, wisdom's not trying to take from you. Wisdom is trying to bring you a gift. And we're gonna see what that gift is. It's a real treasure. We're gonna see what that is as we read through Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call? That's how Proverbs 8 verse one starts out. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? So in this chapter, what Solomon does as he's writing about wisdom is he personifies wisdom as a woman who is interacting in context. So we're gonna see, um, sometimes this chapter is referred to as lady wisdom, the first part of the chapter here. It's not an actual woman, but it is actual truth and it is actual wisdom. And what Solomon does is he personifies it in a woman and then places the woman in context so we can see how wisdom interacts with real life. It's very incredible what he does here. And so on number two, verse two, 
On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. So wisdom, personified as a woman, is now showing up in these physical locations, okay? Beside the gates in the front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. So I want you to imagine this. Wisdom's in your neighborhood. Wisdom's in your neighborhood. And wisdom's calling out. In verse four, to you, O men, I call. And my cry is to the children of man. It says, to you, O men. In the context here, we have to remember that Solomon is writing to his son. He addresses his son many times in the book of Proverbs. But what we also see in this verse is it's not just to his son, to you, O men, I call. And my cry is to the children of man. So it's really opened up to everybody. And that is in line with what we read in James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, and the any is any, it's, it's any of us. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. In other words, if we come to God earnestly, sincerely, and ask God for wisdom, God will give us wisdom. He doesn't look at us and go, mm, no, sorry, you didn't make the cut. He gives it. If we come to him seeking wisdom, his wisdom, he gives us wisdom. In verse five, Starts out, oh, simple ones. And I like it when the Bible uses terms like this because then I know it's talking to me. <laughs> oh, simple ones. Learn prudence. Oh, fools. Learn sense. And no matter where you are on your understanding and the journey of life, wisdom is applicable for you. And the search of wisdom is available to you. It's hope for wisdom for all people in every phase of this journey. Now in verse six, we see that wisdom has a very high standard. And the standard that wisdom has is truth with a capital T. In verse six, here, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. So wisdom is, is speaking. Wisdom speaks noble things. From the lips of wisdom will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth, Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. So, so wickedness can't even be on the lips of wisdom. It's an abomination. So wisdom will not speak wickedness. To the, all the words of my mouth are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. In a world where there is so much that is twisted and there is so much that is crooked, that we are receiving in communication constantly from all directions, we can know there is a source of truth that is not twisted. And there's a source of truth that is not crooked. And that is the truth of God. Again, the words of wisdom in verse nine, they are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. In Psalm 18, verse 30, it says, this God... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Incredible. When you consider all that you possess, wisdom is worth trading up everything you have to gain wisdom. And we see this in the next verse here. Take my instruction, verse 10. Take my instruction instead of silver. So if you possess silver, it'd be worth trading your silver 
for wisdom. And knowledge rather than choice gold. If you possess gold, it would be worth trading your gold for wisdom. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Wisdom is so valuable and wisdom is from the truth of the word of God. Wisdom is also an excellent living condition. And I don't know what you think about your living condition. You may think you've got a great living condition. You may think you'd like to trade up on your living condition. But look what it says about the living condition for wisdom. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. And I find knowledge and discretion. Next, we get introduced to a key to the book of Proverbs, which is the phrase, the fear of the Lord. And we see it again here. It's used. I'll share about how it's used, but we see it again here. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are the way and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Fear is used 20 times in the book of Proverbs. It's used in three general ways. The first way the fear is used is if you have the fear of the Lord, it will lead you into wise living. Or if you reject the fear of the Lord, it will lead you into wicked living. Or both. If you have the fear of the Lord, it will lead you into wise living, and if you reject the fear of the Lord, it will lead you into wicked living. It's used in all those three ways as a general category of how the word fear is used in the book of Proverbs. In verse 14, I have counsel and sound wisdom. So wisdom is speaking here. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles all who govern justly. And I want to remind you, the beginning of the book of Proverbs explains what the purpose of the Proverbs are in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And there are four basic purposes that are given. To know things, to understand things, to receive things, and to give things. To know, and to understand, and to receive, and to give. And we can see in this verse how that's applied into leadership among nations. Verse 17, I love those who love me. So if you love wisdom, wisdom loves you back. And those who seek me diligently find me. If you seek wisdom diligently, you're gonna find it. And it's in God. Wisdom is in God. John 6, 37, Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. So when God the Father gives you to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will come to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. When you are in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you will never be cast out from Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so if you have Jesus, you have wisdom, because God is wisdom. And if you have Jesus, you're never going to be cast out from wisdom because Jesus is never going to cast you out. Verse 18 through 21, we see how when wisdom calls, it's not trying to take, it's trying to give. Riches and honor are with me. 
Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of justice, granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Filling their treasuries. Wisdom's calling and wisdom's calling to bless. Treasure is used eight times in the book of Proverbs. Five times, treasure is used regarding the Lord, and when there's treasure in the Lord, it's lasting treasure. Three times, treasure is used regarding evil, and it's treasure that fails. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But there's a different way, and here's what it is. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is our treasure and Jesus is wisdom. And wisdom is calling with three treasures. And as this passage goes on, we see three ways that wisdom is explaining treasure. Now, I've told you, when I get the spam calls, you know, what they're doing essentially is they're calling because they want to take my treasure. But when wisdom calls, it's calling to give treasure. And treasure number one is God is the all-wise source. Treasure number one, God is the all-wise source. This means treasure has its beginning in God. In verse 22 through 26, what Proverbs 8 does is explain how God has wisdom before anything was created. It's explaining that God is full of wisdom before anything that is created was created. Remember, it's, wisdom is personified as a woman in this chapter, and that's how it's being referenced here. The Lord possessed me. So the Lord possessed wisdom at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. So the Lord had wisdom before the earth was created. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. Before anything that was created, any object in creation was created. Before it was created, before it existed, God had wisdom. God is the treasure of the all-wise source. He is the all-wise source. Now, what do we do as humankind, generally speaking? Humankind wants to do this and seek of wisdom. Climb to a top of a mountain and sit on the top of a mountain and seek wisdom. Sail out into the middle of the ocean to be surrounded by water and the waves and seek wisdom. Head out into the middle of the desert in solitude to seek wisdom. Go and sit by the stream. Go and sit in the rain. Go and observe the hail or the snow or the wind or the heat 
or the sun and to look at the sun and to seek wisdom. Here's the problem. When we look at the objects of creation to find wisdom, we will always fail because we haven't looked beyond the objects to discover the source of the objects, which is an all-wise God. Yesterday, as I was driving down to Turlock to do a funeral, I was driving on the freeway and I saw a billboard, huge billboard on the freeway. It said, perfect union. It had a picture of a man and a woman hugging and it had a picture of a man with a backpack hiking in the wilderness. An enormous ad marketing marijuana. Because clearly, that's how we're going to discover perfect wisdom, perfect union in relationship and perfect union with nature. That is a sign right there of how desperate our world is. That we're gonna go get loaded and we're gonna go get high so we can try and understand relationship and we can try and understand the world that we live in. And that is why looking at the objects of creation is always going to fail. You've gotta look beyond it. Beyond the objects of creation to find the source of the object and the source of the object is all wise creator God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. God is perfect wisdom and he is a treasure and he is the all wise source. Treasure number two is God is the all wise designer. So now in this passage, it now explains how there is treasure when we have purpose in God because God has designed us for a purpose. He's the designer. And verses 27 through 29 now explain not what happened before creation, but what happened during creation and how God is all wise in his creation. Verse 27, when he established the heavens, when God established the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. So as God is creating, he's creating in wisdom. When he, God, drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he, God, made firm the skies above, when he, God, established the fountains of the deep, when he, God, assigned to the sea its limit, which is an incredible thing to think about, that the edge of the sea is limited by God. How? so that the waters might not transgress his command. The word of God is what keeps the water's edge the water's edge. What an incredible thought. Amen. When he, God, marked out the foundations of the earth. So all through creation, God is creating with wisdom. He is the all-wise designer. Now, Here's where we have a problem. The problem is when we look at the design of what has been created, and we've got a lot of ways to do that, and they all end with ology. And when we study the way things are created, the design, when we look at the design, 
and we see here's how the flower was made, and here's how the tree was made, and here's how the animal was made, and here's how the volcano works, and here's how the stars rotate, and here's how the sun comes up, and here's how the moon works, and here's how the tide works. And when our focus ends there, when we look to the design of creation to try and find wisdom, in other words, if we can just figure out how it works, will be wise. The problem is that is it always fails because we haven't looked beyond the design of creation to discover the creator of the design, which is an all-wise God. One of the biggest struggles our world is experiencing right now is our world is looking at how they have been designed and they are saying the design is flawed. And they believe that the way God has designed creation is flawed. And so they are looking to change the design. because they don't believe that the design is good. It is an incredible struggle. In the beginning, when God created, he created male and female in his image. In the image of God, he created them. The design of God is good. The design of God is good. And when we see, when we look past the design, you see, the problem is, is we never understand the purpose of our design if we stop by looking at just the design. We have to look past the design to see the designer. And it's in understanding the designer that we will have the treasure of purpose in God. Understanding that the designer has designed us the way he wanted us to be for his enjoyment and his glory. And we have to encourage one another because our world is desperate. Psalm 139, 14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Made. In other words, there's a maker. And the maker made me. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. God has designed and the design God designed is good. He is a good designer. Treasure number three, God is the all-wise father. And here we see that the treasure really gets personal. It gets very, very personal. And the treasure of relationship in God. In verse 30 and 31, then I, wisdom, okay, then I, wisdom, was beside him, God, like a master workman, and I, wisdom, was daily his, God's, delight. So as God is creating, he's the source, and as he's designing, he is delighting in what he is doing. He's delighting in it. I, wisdom, was daily his delight. God, in perfect wisdom, is delighting in what he is doing. Rejoicing before him always. God is delighting and rejoicing in what he is doing as the perfect all-wise source, as the perfect all-wise designer and the perfect, all-wise Father. Let's look at verse 31. Incredible. Rejoicing in his inhabited world. In other words, God creates the world and as mankind then populates the world and inhabits the world, 
God is rejoicing. God is delighting and he is rejoicing. But not just that mankind is inhabiting his world, because it says, and delighting in the children of man. God is rejoicing and delighting in you. God is rejoicing and delighting in you as the perfect, all-wise source and designer and father. God is rejoicing and delighting in you, who he designed for himself. That is how God is thinking about you. God loves you. He loves you. He created you. He designed you for his purpose. And you will find immeasurable treasure when you discover God is your purpose. You will have riches in God beyond anything you can imagine on this planet when you discover God is your purpose and your treasure is in him because he is an all-wise father. And as an all-wise father, he created you as his child and he delights in you and he is rejoicing in you as his child. The scriptures say that there is no greater love than this, than one would lay down his life for his friends. And that is what God the Father chose to do with God the Son, Jesus Christ, for you. God the Father chose, for God so loved the world, that he sent his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that whoever would believe in Jesus Christ might not perish from our sin, but have salvation, have eternal life. God has expressed how much he loves you, not just in the source and not just in the design and not just delighting over you as a father who loves you, but in sending Jesus Christ to die for you. It is the greatest act of love in history that God would love you to that degree. No greater love than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. God loves you so much, he has laid down the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to be the perfect sacrifice and the perfect payment for your sin and my sin on the cross. That as you trust in Jesus Christ, and his perfection for what he accomplished on the cross, that you might be ushered into the fullness of the expression of how God wants to love you. God is delighting and rejoicing to love you sacrificially. That is what God thinks about you. He loves you. My question is, maybe you are here and today you're ready to let God love you. You are here and you have heard me share 
about how much God loves you, about how he has acted so sacrificially to love you in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross that your sins might be paid for and you might be here and you are ready to let God love you. And if that is true, you know it right now. And that means God knows it right now. And we don't know it, but we would love to pray for you. And if you are here and you are ready for the first time to let God love you and to pour out his love on you, would you stand up? Because we wanna celebrate with you and we wanna love you and we wanna pray for you and this is a safe place. So if you are here and for the very first time, you are ready to let God love you. Would you just stand up where you are? We want to pray for you. Is there anyone here today you are ready to let God love you? Anyone? Awesome. Anyone else? <clears throat> Anyone else? You're here today and you're ready to let God love you. Just stand up. We want to pray for you. This is a safe place. We want to pray for you. We want to ask God's blessing over your life. Is there anyone else? Okay, well then let's pray. We'll pray for the one who is standing and we'll pray for anyone else who you didn't stand, but you know you need to have the love of God right now. We're gonna pray over you also. Father God, Lord, we ask that you would pour out your love on the one who is standing and maybe others who aren't. God, that you would just pour out your love and that you would introduce them to your love how much you love them, that you died on the cross through Christ, the Son of God, that you died on the cross through Jesus Christ for them to pay for their sin. And so, God, would you pour out your love on them and would you welcome them in your love and walk with them in your love they may continue to know the love of God. So if you're standing or maybe you're here and you're not standing, but but you're wanting the love of God to be poured out on your life, I would encourage you right now just to say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Father God, Lord, we pray your blessing over them. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen, amen, amen. Now, it might be... <clears throat> You have been walking with the Lord. You, you know the love of Christ. You've, you've given your life to Christ. You understand Jesus as Lord God and you understand Jesus as Savior from your sin. But as we have talked about the way that God loves you, you're here today and you need to be strengthened in his love. And you know it. You know you just need to be built up in his love. And you want, you want us to pray for you. Would you stand? This is, you've already, you know, you've already given your life to the Lord, but you just know I need to be strengthened in the love of God today. I need to really let God love me today. And if that's true, would you just stand up? This is a safe place. We wanna pray for you. We wanna encourage you right now. Is there anybody who's here and today who's saying, you know what? I just need to be built up in the love of God. I need to be strengthened by the love of God today and I need to be renewed in his love. Would you stand up? We would love to pray for you. Anyone here? Right there, awesome. Right there, awesome. Anyone else? We want to pray for you. We want to bless you. Great. Great. Awesome. That's great. It's wonderful. Great. It's wonderful. 
Anyone else, you're here and you just need to be renewed in his love. You need to be strengthened in his love. Okay, well, we're gonna pray over those who are standing and we're gonna also pray over those who maybe didn't want to stand, but you need to be strengthened. Father God, Lord, as I look out onto the, the people of Big Valley Grace Community Church, God, I don't know exactly what's going on in everybody's life and what has them in a place right now where they really need to experience the love of God afresh. But God, I ask you would pour it out on them. You would just pour it out on them. You would remind them of how much th that you love them. You would remind them of your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness that you would encourage them by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, that you would really, really bless them and that today would be a day that they would be reminded that they have love in you and they are loved by you and that you are rejoicing and delighting in them. And so God, we love you. If you're standing or if you're praying along with me, I would encourage you right now to tell God, thank you for loving me. That you would just tell him, thank you for loving me. That you would express to him your gratitude for how he has so generously loved you. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. So Lord, we pray blessing over these who are standing. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen, amen. Let's stand together as we close our time together. <clears throat> and I want to encourage you with this. God has richly loved us. And we will never run out of his love as we give it away to others as we share the richness of the love of God with others, the account is never gonna run dry. We cannot outgive the love of God. And as he pours his love into our lives, instead of a, you know, just thinking of ourselves <clears throat> as we're just gonna keep it to ourselves, let's think of it how we're gonna give it away because no matter how much love you give away, you will never run out of the riches of God's love. You will be in full supply of the riches of God's love as you choose to give it away. Father God, Lord, thank you for this weekend. Thank you for the opportunity to come together around the truth of the word of God to worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth, how you want to be worshiped. Lord, thank you for how you're working in our church family. You're drawing people to your love. We love you, Lord. Thank you for being an amazing God. I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen. amen.